30. It looks like we've got a good, uh, good group. So I will turn it over to Porter for his uh, housekeeping uh, message, and, uh, and then we'll call a meeting to orders. It's all yours, Porter. Thank you, Jerry. Um, yeah, just a um, quick housekeeping on this virtual meeting, reminding people that we are broadcasting this on YouTube and uh, Channel 25 cable, as well as recording the meeting. And um, for this group, since we don't have a ginormous group, um, everybody can leave their video on, but I am gonna ask everybody to turn their mute on also when they're not speaking, um, just to avoid background noises and that type of thing. And last but not least is to do your best to remember to state your name in case anybody is watching um, or listening um, remotely in some fashion. That would be great. And I might nudge you to try to remember to do that. Um, so that's all I have and I will turn it back to Jerry. Okay, great. So we'll do a roll call. Um, and if you could, um, when you hear your name, if you could come off of mute and say here, then we can record uh, uh, the attendees for tonight. So I'll start with Christina. Christina Walker here. Joshua. Sorry. This is, this is Joshua. I'm sneezing, but I'm here. Uh, Marlo. Marlo, here. Denise. Denise, here. Uh, Mary, I don't see Mary. Uh, Mary had rehearsals, so she's, which is good news. It is good news. Go Mary. Uh, James? Here. Sarah? Don't see Sarah. Jordan? Here. Dina? Dina Amant, here. And Daniel. Daniel, I'm here. All right, I'm Jerry Johnson and I'm here. Uh, so our first order of business is to approve uh, the minutes from our April meeting. Does anyone have any comments or uh, changes uh, recommended for the minutes? Hearing none, uh, I would entertain a motion to approve. None? This is Joshua. I will move to approve the minutes. I second. Thanks, Denise. Uh, all in favor, raise your hand. And let the record show that it is unanimous. Minutes are approved. Porter, I'll turn it back to you to make an introduction. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. And yes, I just wanted to take a moment. I am happy to um, introduce Melody Henning, who is our new administrative specialist in the Communications and Creative Resources Office. And um, somebody you may be communicating with, so I thought I'd put a face behind a name. And um, just wanted to take a moment and let you all say hi to her and um, quickly introduce yourselves to her as well. But I'll let Melody introduce herself and give you a little background too. Uh-oh. Says you're unmuted, but we can't hear you. 
Can you hear me now? There you go. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, thanks for your patience. I am new to the city and um, really excited to be here um, working with Porter. He's been so kind to bring me into all these meetings and allow me to introduce myself. So um, yeah, it's a real honor to be um, introducing myself to this group tonight. Um, my name is Melody Henning and I've been in Lawrence for 17 years. Um, primarily at KU for 13 um, and at KU as an undergraduate for the four years before that. Um, so <clears throat> I worked with um, the Center for Online and Distance Learning. I worked with the Office of Multicultural Affairs and I worked with the Academic Achievement and Access Center. So um, I really feel strongly and passionately about representing students with special needs who are trying to navigate the system. And so I, I bring that passion to the communications department. And um, I'm just really looking forward to the work that we're doing together. Um, and just kind of um, getting in tune with what you guys are doing uh, with the mural. It's very exciting. I remember my first um, ex like experience with public art in Lawrence was when I lived on Illinois and seeing the mural on um, the cork and barrel about to sow um, seeds, we must open our fists, you know? So that just had a powerful impact um, on me as an 18 year old. And so, yeah, I'm just thrilled to be here and um, meet you all. Great, thanks. Um, can you guys just go around quickly and introduce yourselves? And actually, would it be easier, Jerry, if you could call, call them out according to who you see on your screen? I will do that. So I'll start with myself. I'm Jerry Johnson. I'm the chair for our uh, for the LCAC, um, a longtime Lawrence resident. Uh, I'm a musician, so that's my my uh, tie to the arts here. Um, and I've also done a whole bunch of stuff in the music um, business, I guess you would say, here in uh, in Lawrence over the years. So, uh, Dina, I'll call on you next. Hi, I'm Dina Amont, and I'm an art teacher at Lawrence High School. Uh, I've lived in Lawrence for about 26 years now. I just had my 26 year anniversary of moving to Lawrence. Um, and I've been an art teacher at Lawrence High. I teach 3D art. Um, I've been there for about 18 years now. So nice to meet you. Oh, I have a son at Lawrence High. He's a freshman, so. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, Daniel, you're next on my screen. Hey there, my name is Daniel B. Smith. I'm the Director of Marketing and Resource Development for the United Way of Douglas County. I have a design degree from KU and I've, I've been involved in some uh, arts-based nonprofits over the years and I'm relatively new to the LCAC. Denise, you're next, sorry. Hi, I'm Denise. This is my second year on the LCAC. I recently retired from KU, spending 31 years teaching. This is my 32nd year in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm from the East Coast. But I don't plan on going back because I love it here. <laughs> it's a good place to stay. Uh, James. 
Hi, uh, nice to meet you. I'm from Michigan originally, and I'm a DMA cello performance student at the University of Kansas. Wow. I'm relatively new to the LCAC as well. So. All right, Joshua. Hi, I'm uh, uh, Joshua Falif. Um, I'm an enrolled citizen of the Delaware Tribe of Indians. Uh, out of Bartersville, Oklahoma, which is is where I'm from. Um, I've been on the LCAC for about 30 plus years, <laughs> and or it feels like that. Um, uh, I am uh, and have served for a long while as the uh, interim dean of the College of Humanities and Arts at Haskell Indian Nations University. Um, <clears throat> uh, we did not have any arts classes um, uh, when I first started here. And um, I'm glad to say we've got some ceramics, some painting, some drawing going, and, and I look forward to bringing on more uh, while I'm interim, and then I can just cut out. That's, that's my hope. I'll, you know, give birth to a thing and then and then get out of here. And uh, I, I should say, um, that I do not speak on in any way, shape, or form on behalf of Haskell Indian Nations University, um, pending the many issues that you may have encountered in the um, newspapers and other media. Um, but uh, our faculty, staff, and students, I know, are uh, excited to be a part, excited to represent, and enjoy the Lawrence community, especially as uh, it embraces arts of all kinds, especially traditional um, native art work. So nice to meet you all. Welcome Melody, welcome Dr. Muhammad. Good to see the rest of you as well. Thanks Joshua. Jordan. Hard to follow that up. Um, hi, I'm Jordan Martinez. I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas and I just came back after finishing a um, a bachelor's degree in music education with a choral concentration um, and vocal performance. And I think I'm coming up on uh, finishing my first year on the LCAC. That's right. Nice, nice to meet you all. Christina. Hi, I'm Christina Walker and I've been on the Arts Commission for I think six years. This might be my last year. Um, I'm also a very long-term Lawrence resident. I moved here in 1980, so it's been, what is that, 40-some years. And I work up at the Spencer Museum of Art at the university. I'm the Director of Education and Interpretation. All right, and Marlo? Hi, I'm Marlo Angel. I'm a filmmaker, uh, independent filmmaker, and I direct the Free State Festival, which is an annual film, music, and arts festival. Coming up this summer will be our outdoor drive-in movie experience, so super excited about that. I work at the Lawrence Arts Center uh, in marketing, and I got my degree in filmmaking from the University of Southern California. Been here in Lawrence since about 2003, and this is my third year on the commission. And thank you for being here, both of you. All right, so uh, Melody, welcome, nice to meet you. Um, and Porter, I guess I'll turn it back over to you to introduce 
Dr. Muhammad. Um, I'm happy to do that. And I also want to release Melody. Um, she doesn't have to stay for the whole meeting. Um, I appreciate her jumping in and just saying hi to everybody. And I'm sure you will see her again in the future. Bye. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Ferris Muhammad, um, who, bless his heart, started in October, in the, literally in the midst of the pandemic. Happily, I have, unlike some people, I have actually seen him in real life <laughs> a, a handful of times since October. So I had a chance to get to know him a tiny bit. Um, and I know that you guys are eager to have him here. And um, so, I, you know, great opportunity to introduce him. I don't want to take up too much of his time, but I'm sure he'd be happy to answer questions and have a little dialogue with everybody. And happily, he just met you all, which actually was very nice because we haven't, we don't usually do that. So it's kind of nice to re be reminded who everybody is and um, what they do in life outside of virtual meetings. But anyway, with that, I will turn it over to Ferris and ask him to, to fill in any blanks I left. Thank you, uh, Porter. Appreciate the introduction. Uh, Ferris Muhammad, Director of Equity and Inclusion. I'm happy to be before you all tonight. I know it's been a, a challenge related to scheduling conflicts over the last couple of months, but definitely appreciate the invitation. Um, definitely great to see Joshua again. I believe Joshua was on the interview panel when I first was interviewing. I don't know how long ago at this point, um, as well as James to be from Michigan. Uh, so I'm born and raised in the city of Detroit. Uh, spent most of my life here in the Midwest. Uh, I've lived in different states, including Georgia and North Carolina and Iowa and Illinois. And I'm happy to be here now in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, learning about some of the work that you all are doing related to art. And just to share a quick story, I guess, is I remember about 10 to 12 years ago in the, the city of Detroit, I stopped at an uh, art museum. Uh, the, I think it was the Charles H. Wright Museum. And I remember um, stopping by this one piece by, um, it was a, a description of some work related to uh, W.E.B. Du Bois. And at this time, I didn't care a whole lot about art. But with the description, when it explained that W.E.B. Du Bois was encouraging more Black people to get involved in the arts, to be, be able to better paint and sort of the counter narratives to all the negative uh, sort of caricatures and the way Black people were often depicted in print media and, to, and television, et cetera, et cetera. And it was in that moment that I really had this sort of epiphany and realization of the importance of art because it tells a story sometimes that may not be verbal, but you see these things and it sort of resonate with you in uh, your subconscious and through subliminal messaging and billboards and these types of things. So I really started to really recognize the importance of a diverse group of people being involved in arts to kind of help share various types of stories that um, help contribute to a sense of belonging. Uh, and so for you all to contribute to that work here in Lawrence to help to enhance that sense of belonging here and being very intentional about that, I greatly appreciate you all work in that regard, uh, serving on the LCAC. And so I look forward to uh, learning more from you all and being a resource for you all as much as I can be. So thanks for having me and I'm happy to meet with you all. Great, thank you. Nice, nice to meet you, and thanks for making time to uh, introduce yourself and uh, uh, and meet all of us. We appreciate it. Jerry, can I say uh, just a couple words? Absolutely, Joshua. Yeah, um, I, I I did have the privilege of uh, of being in the interview process, which I, I 
credit the city for including uh, those of, of various areas, including Haskell Indian Nations University um, in that process. Um, and, and it was an honor to, to meet and hear some stories that Dr. Muhammad shared. And I know I've been a big advocate and, and pushed very, very much to have Dr. Muhammad in our meetings to understand what we do, because uh, I, I didn't mention this in my introduction, but my, my art cred is, a, uh, is an MFA in creative writing uh, with emphasis in poetry. Um, <clears throat> and, and what I at least recognize in art is it's, is its willingness and ability oftentimes to, to push the status quo uh, back in a way to, to create a new status quo, to create something different, to create something that's more accepting uh, of, of differences of opinion, difference of point of view, um, and really embrace all um, in, in a meaningful way, which I think folds into the uh, a diversity and equity conversation. So, you know, I think um, uh, Dr. Muhammad's work and the city's emphasis on that is not exactly exclusive from what we do here um, in the Lawrence Cultural Arts Committee and in the arts community at, at large. I know uh, Marlo, Marlo does a great job, uh, and I just speak of this as a, as a part of um, uh, a more recent conversation, does a great job in representing um, various perspectives in film uh, with the Free State Festival. And I, I had an opportunity to see some wonderful stories being told um, that really share uh, a perspective and a diversity that we all ought to be embracing. Um, and, and Lawrence is the place that, that can and continues to do that. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to note that that correlation between the diversity and equity and what the arts have been doing um, for, for a long time and continues to do. So uh, I, th I think our, our efforts go hand in hand in a, in a lot of ways. So great to see you again, Dr. Muhammad. Uh, thank you for joining us and, and good luck to you on all your work. Appreciate it. Thank you, appreciate it. Great, thanks, Joshua. Um, <laughs> so should we jump in? Let's jump into our old business. You all, I'll remind everyone that we had a, um, uh, sort of a, a, a middle meeting, I guess, one, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we weren't able to get the uh, mural proposal on the um, uh, the previous month's meeting. So we uh, we had a, an interim meeting and uh, the discussion there uh, largely was around just community involvement and making sure that that uh, that uh, uh, the group had had sort of socialized the the uh, the idea of the mural um, with the neighborhood association and neighboring businesses and so forth. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'll turn it over to uh, to either uh, Ruthie or Chris to, to give us an update. I, I, I saw via email, but um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to give us an update on uh, what's happened since our since our last meeting. And um, and then I really I think um, uh, the goal would be, um, provided there's, um, you know, no sticking points or anything, the goal would be for us to go ahead and, and, uh, uh you know, do, do our role in, uh, in the, in, uh, with respect to your proposal. So, uh, whoever, is, I'll turn it over to either, uh, Chris or Ruthie, whoever, 
Um, Mr. Chair, if I may interrupt just briefly, I, I told Ferris that he did not have to stay, so I don't want to hold him hostage. <laughs> um, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to, but I don't think it's necessary. So I just wanted to uh, say thank you for joining us tonight. It is great to connect with you tonight, and I'm sure there may be other interactions, Ferris. Um, so thanks for joining us briefly, and um, I'll see you somewhere virtually soon, I'm sure. Great to meet you, and thanks for taking time to join us. Okay, now to a mural. Okay, so I think we just kind of went step by step through your suggestions from our last meeting. Uh, I did take a copy of the proposal with the artwork to our surrounding neighboring businesses. Um, they were all very excited about it. I didn't receive any follow-up negative email at all. I just got one email from the Big Mill. They're interested in doing their own mural, so uh, you may be hearing from them soon. Um, we also contacted the email for the Old West Lawrence Neighborhood Association. Um, I never heard any negative comments back from them. We also posted on the Nextdoor app for that neighborhood. Uh, we our post received a like, um, but no one else asked for any more information or anything. So no nothing negative. We did go through um, your sample contract and just modified it slightly, but there were some very good points in there that we didn't have in the original agreement. So um, we have signed that. Ruthie signed it. Mike has agreed to it, but he's not currently in town to sign. So. I'm just supposed to pass along that he is ready to sign it when he gets back into town, so. Um, and I just did add kind of an extra little bit in the proposal um, about our space and how long we've been there um, as the neighborhood florist. Does anybody have any other questions? All right, not hearing any. So there is just with respect to Mr. Trainers, uh, you, you spoke to him. His name is typed in here, but they'll, I guess there'll be a, uh, a a real signature or digital signature. Yeah, he's just not physically here to give a signature right now. So, all right, all right. Any questions from the commissioners? May I just make a comment, not a question necessarily. Um, I, I just uh, want to thank you for um, for your efforts in connecting it, connecting the mural back to the uh, uh, history of the area and to the community, because I think that's really important and um, elevating it to being more than just a, a lovely decorative piece, which it is, but I think that elevates it to a different level. And I really appreciate your um, reaching out to all of those people and, um, and, and doing that. All right, any other questions or comments? Uh, this is Joshua. I just had a, a, a quick comment um, on on the modifications to the contract. I, I hope that 
some of our conversation about the preservation of the artist's work and how that would be maintained and pending any transfer of, of ownership of the property might impact some of that, that that was addressed um, because it, it seemed like there was a good response uh, to those comments before. And, and otherwise, I, I, I just want to, you know, say I, I appreciate your going through those steps and checking with all those uh, uh, stakeholders um, to do that. It, it sounds like a, a diligent effort and, um, and well done. So I appreciate that effort. Yeah, Ruth, uh, Chris Bandel, Ruthie even commented that some of those things that were in that contract she wasn't currently using in her mural business and she's going to kind of work that into her normal contract. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, for reaching out to the um, to the community and and for embracing our uh, suggested uh, our suggestions. And you know, uh, the reason that model contract is is in there is because it um, you know it comes it comes from uh, previous. Uh, experiences and and so forth, and as well as the checklist um, that you guys have uh, have done a good job of, of following through with. I, uh, you know, if if there was some serious heartburn over this mural, we we would have heard. Um, people have had an opportunity now twice through public meetings to to show up and um, uh, you know, and, and whether, if they had a. a, a a negative reaction or, or positive reaction and, and we haven't seen any of that so I don't have any further questions for you all um, about the piece and I guess Porter as point of order do we 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 make a motion to recommend approval right and then that goes to the Commission for their consideration it will go on to a consent agenda whoops Porter Arneal, um, it will go on to a consent agenda hopefully next week. Um, I'll do my best to get it on next week's consent agenda. If I can't get it on there, unfortunately it will be delayed um, because they won't meet again until the first week of June. So um, I'll keep you posted, Chris. Um, and like I said, I'll do my best to get it on there and that way you'll, you should be good to go. Um, but yeah, it requires approval here first. So I would entertain a motion from someone. Mm -hmm. I move to uh, to recommend uh, to the city commission. I'll second. All right, by show of hands, all in favor. Uh, let the record show it is unanimous that everybody is in favor. Um, I believe that's right. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, you, you were right. Den Denise, her hand went up early. Yeah. Okay. Thank you both. Um, now exciting. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, everybody. It'll be fun to, uh, to watch it uh, come to life. So. Thank you, everyone. All right, next item for our agenda is the update on the outdoor sculpture 
uh, exhibition and community arts grants, which I suspect is tied to, what did I say, for budget realities. Um, maybe you can give us an update on what you know about, about that. Yes. Um, one, I want to thank Christina. She did a great job updating the information for the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition. Um, I know that I said I was going to get these things rolling, but I have been speaking with our finance office, and they actually made a presentation at the City Commission meeting last night about the first quarter um, report on funding, and of course TGT is um, sadly down 70% in the first quarter. And so, as you all know, the TGT fund funds a lot more than just the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition and other things. So with that, I just wanted to be very cautious, especially in this time, um, not to put out a program where we were, you know, implying the promise of money if it's possible that that money may not be able to be available. Um, the good news is that I've also talked to Explore Lawrence, and they're also keeping an eye on the TGT fund, and they ha they're more optimistic at this point that things are indeed bouncing back. Um, also, last night, um, the commission indicated interest in you know, funding these things that are in the TGT fund, um, and that the American Recovery, help me out, ARPA um, funds can be applied to some of these things. So again, it, it sounds hopeful. Um, I just didn't want to rush into anything given the circumstances, and that's why we haven't moved forward on that. The other thing in, is, and this jumps to number three, um, as many of you know, and I worked with Marlo and, and Christina and Spencer Museum staff on the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Reimagined Spaces Grant. And we will hear, I think we'll know Friday whether or not we're going to receive that grant, which is tied into our Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition. Um, the good news with the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition is that we can scale it. Um, we're not you know, obligated necessarily to engage multiple artists. Um, we can reduce the number of artists, but also then tie it hopefully to that other grant, um, which allows us to expand that program going forward too. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. It's just, you know, trying to balance. We're still coming out of pandemic. Um, but I have all the best intentions of moving forward on all these programs. And um, now with Melody's help, you know, it can really start getting on that and making that happen. Great, thank you. So just as a, as a review, we, we, we want to continue on with these things, but we want to be mindful of not making commitments that we can't uh, in, in the end financially support. So on. ODSE, we can go ahead and then understand that we we can fund as as funds are available, whether that comes through uh, the federal uh, uh, aid, I guess that we may get, or or through the Kansas uh, Creative Arts uh, program, because we've, I mean, we've put this out there as part of as, of that application, right? Correct. Yeah. expanding that and the other thing is is that um, the longer we delay the more likely those TGAT funds are to bounce back a little bit anyway um, it's hard to say exactly how much but um, so those things are working in our favor yeah, yeah so that's an interesting point I'll just I'll pull the thread a little bit Porter just to see if there's anything else there I mean so explore Lawrence is it is it safe to assume that explore Lawrence sees sort of 
the trend there a little bit before things show up in the city coffers, I guess, if you will, through taxation or? You know, they're getting reports related to hotel activity directly, whereas the finance office is waiting for information coming from the state related to the TGT program, you know, to those uh, tax funds. Um, So, yeah, I would dare say that that Explore Lawrence is, is better at reading those tea leaves currently than the city is as far as seeing it quarterly. So they would be, yeah, like a leading indicator or whatever, rather than just sort of wishful thinking or whatever. Okay, well, that's good. That's good to uh, good to hear. It'll be interesting to see if that flows through then um, as we, as we uh, progress through the year. Um, so... Uh, and then, as you said, we'll find out about the um, the reimagined spaces thing. You said as early as Friday, correct? Yes, I've been invited to listen in on that um, a deliberation. They have a panel meeting at ten o'clock on Friday, and I think there were eleven other groups that applied for that um, that grant fund. So, fingers crossed. Um, I'll let you know as quickly as I can what ha- what the outcome is. Um, and then on the oops, Marlo had Marlo had a comment. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Marlo. I had a question, uh, just in light of this information about the ODSE possibly being delayed or not able to be funded in the way that it has been in the past. Has there been any other discussion about our funding coming not from TGT in the future? So for the next budget cycle, has that been brought to the table or discussed at all? Yes, um, you know, both your good email and other conversations, I believe I heard directly, but I'm pretty sure that it was that was definitely received and heard. And they're looking at, you know, how that may play out. Also, remember that the budget is shifting in the sense that it's really tying back into the strategic plan. Um, So I think there's going to be we're going to see, you know, other changes as well. That's reassuring because that, that just is an indication. I think that ODSC is so special to Lawrence and it's something that we look forward to every summer. And if that is reliant just on, I think the Reimagined Spaces, Spaces grant is excellent and great, will fulfill a different need than, you know, than what we've done before. So the way I always thought of that grant is kind of building on what we've already done and expanding it in a new and interesting way where it would be sad to me if that's all there is of the ODSC this year. So, but I do understand the TGT funding being so directly impacted, but if this could be a catalyst for us in the future, not being reliant on the TGT, I think that could be a, a positive outcome, shall we say. Agreed. So Marla, did actually, you, did sorry, you, go, go ahead, go Jerry. No, no, you go. I was, I was, I actually had two questions, but uh, the first one, Marlo, did you, did you, I mean, you, that was a personal email, right, from you to uh, to the city, did you receive uh, uh, any direct response that you can share with us? Yeah, I received some positive uh, feedback from Mayor Finkelday and then Courtney Shipley, um, and then just some other people just you know responded. Thank you for you know sharing your feedback and perspective. Um, so to me, that was encouraging. You know, just that in light of the fact that strategic plan and even I just read that Journal World article about the strategic plan being focused on arts and culture is one of the first things they mentioned. So that gave me some hope that perhaps not even 
getting out of TGT and going to general fund, but could we, I know we proposed a larger budget than we've had in the past. So that gave me perhaps some hope that that could be received positively. So if there's any way that we can be advocates, Porter, if there's like a commission meeting that we might be able to speak at, I would be so happy to do that. And I know other commissioners would be great, you know, and willing as well. So I'd love to have our voices out there when those conversations are had. And that, that's definitely, this is Porter O'Neill, that's definitely part of the budget process. And so it will, it will come before the commission and there'll be opportunities for people to provide feedback. So absolutely. Um, and will you give us a heads up like when might be a good time for that? Okay. I'll yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep tuned into that and let you know. Um, I just wanted to add too that I was working with a couple people here, but what's exciting about this grant opportunity is for years now we've been looking at, and with my experience in public art, it's great that we do sculpture, but honestly, there's so many other forms of artists working in the public realm. And so I, one of my pet, pets or heart, heartfelt things is how do we help artists expand their own notion of, of art in the public realm? And right now is, couldn't be a better time for artists to really bring a whole different perspective. I was actually just watching a wonderful um, video related to Art 21 about artists doing a wide range of things, um, including this van that basically opens up into a theater and they put it out in all different places in Brooklyn and New York City and just have sort of spontaneous uh, performances or selling food or whatever, you know, whatever sort of fits their, their need at that moment. So I'm excited by that opportunity and that's how I wrote the grant application was the idea that by doing this, one, we fund two, two different programs, one more traditionally based, but trying to then bring them together so that they can move forward in this new way. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we, we get um, at least partial funding and can move forward in this way. I have, I have one quick comment. I would like to nominate Marlo for everything. Um, I think she's, she's done a, a remarkable job taking that initiative and writing to the city commission and following up on the response. And, and, and she's, she's done amazing and in and, and, and keeping tabs, really. On, on what's happening and what's going on. And so I, I appreciate Marlo's work. And I think some of the things that she's doing, again, not to harp too much on it, but the Free State Festival, it, you know, the mention about public art, you know, some of the podcast conversations regarding and revolving around the films in public space are, 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 are also in, ought to be in that same realm, um, in, in that same, configuration of uh, what we think of as outdoor sculpture or outdoor art, public art, and those sorts of things. So, you know, I just, I give uh, Marlo a lot of kudos and will continue to, as I will everybody. Um, but I uh, appreciate that hard work, Marlo, because I wasn't doing it. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Joshua. That means a lot. Um, Jerry, do you need to call a vote on her being nominated for everything? I, uh, I mean, it's unanimous, right? We can just, yeah. <laughs> it's a work on those shoulders. It's going to get heavy, Marla. You take on everything. Not I'll take on the squeaky wheel roll. I'm happy to do that. Um, 
So the other question that I had, Porter, it dawned on me that during the first, um, well, I don't know if it was the first, but we had an opportunity to, um, when there was some uh, county, state, county, and maybe local funds uh, uh, that came through, you know, because of, of the pandemic and everything, we had an opportunity to uh, make a statement that said, hey, don't forget the arts. Um, and, and I think there was some success, um, you know, in the, uh, at least from a community perspective, knowing that this next thing that, that none of us can remember the exact acronym, A-R-P-A or whatever, um, is there some action that we can do? Uh, do we need to be more proactive to, uh, uh, so that you know that, that we can make sure that our needs are are known and and that we would be interested in uh, participating in that to whatever extent we could. This is Porter O'Neill. Um, actually, you reminded me too. Uh, Mary Doveton, Steve Novak, and Margaret Morris all presented at the last city commission meeting during a study session, and so they are continuing their campaign and championing of the arts as well so which is great you know to to have that coming to city commission um, so that's being heard repeatedly in addition to the economic strategic plan and other things so i think things are good certainly to marlo's point when i hear an opportunity i'll pass that on um, the budget will be the biggest opportunity for that the commit the city commission you know Bringing this to the city commission is also a reminder that it, that when these funds do come from the federal government, there are um, certainly opportunities to help, at the very least, make sure that we can fulfill our budgetary, um, you know, agreements with um, these different arts programs this year, and then obviously also moving forward. This is this is Joshua, and I, I just wanted to make a note. I'm I'm on a task force for one of the strategic plan uh, configurations. Outcomes. Uh, something revolving around native businesses and the support oh, okay. for native businesses. Um, and and what I what I I'd like for us to continue to kind of repeat and reiterate to the city commission and and to the public in our conversations, um, is that that arts is also business, uh, as we've seen the economic um, impact uh, reports and some of those structures that a lot of a lot of uh, independent businesses of all sorts stem from independent artists and 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 areas, galleries, um, <clears throat> workshops, showcases, whatever it might be. Um, there's a lot of areas that that ought to be supported, um, not just arts exclusively as kind of an outlier, but all arts as it impacts business and local business for uh, those starting up their own independent LLCs and uh, nonprofit organizations to support the arts. Um, so I, I don't know if that could potentially impact some of the funding or, or some of the resources that are made available to the artists um, and arts organizations, but it it certainly is something that ties in with uh, some of our conversations in the past. All right. Thanks. 
Phoenix Award Artist Call is our next uh, agenda item under under old business. Yes, um, Porter Arneal again. Um, and basically this Name there, I wasn't rushing on that. That doesn't need to be pushed forward too quickly. That's $3,000. So I feel pretty confident that, you know, we can um, get that funded. And so that's just a matter of within the next couple of months, getting that rolling so we can get it accomplished within this budgetary year. And so I'm working on that too. All right, moving on to uh, committee updates. Uh, I didn't I didn't know of any, nobody had reported to me, so I'm not sure there are any, but thought I'd leave it in there in case somebody needs to report something. Yeah, I was just gonna open it up to anyone who had any any updates. I was unable to do the, uh, the round table today. I think there was one today, right, at noon? Any? Anybody sit in on that? Or is there anything to, to note? Hmm. All right. Hearing nothing on that or any committee updates. Uh, strategic plan. We did have a committee update for the strategic committee. Um, I think I emailed it to you, Porter, but it was like this morning, so it may have gotten lost in the shuffle. But we had a good virtual meeting on just right after our mural meeting um, and discussed some of the things that we talked about last time um, and how to do some action-oriented steps to bring some of those great cultural plan goals to some action items. Uh, the first thing that we talked about was an Instagram account. So um, we discussed it in our last committee update, but the idea being using an Instagram account to promote the arts and to promote the local, which was one of the goals that was um, stated in the strategic plan. And this would be an informal, not a city issued um, Instagram account, but it was something for volunteer commission members to contribute to. So I started an Instagram account with Culture Chat LCAC. Um, and Porter, I sent you the login for it, but I can always email it again because I didn't want to put it out publicly. You know, we could just distribute it to the commission members. And our idea was perhaps at the beginning to introduce ourselves. So if anybody wanted to participate to kind of introduce yourself and why you joined CAC, maybe a piece of art around town that is meaningful to you and then a photograph of yourself and a piece and the artwork that is meaningful. So we thought that would just be a fun way to reach new audiences and to kind of make some bridges, especially when things are still somewhat virtual and to connect with younger people in particular and community groups that may not be plugged into city newsletters or the flame or watching city commission meetings. Um, so I think that's just a way for some fun engagement and celebration of the arts. So we had some, some fun ideas with that and I think that would be really positive to move forward on and something easy and wouldn't take a lot of time, but just, you know, between members uh, who are engaged and participating, I think it could be great. Uh, for, we also thought that if people weren't, they did want to be involved, but not, um, they weren't Instagram savvy or, you know, they can always email us their information and we can put them too. 
And then I, we did write a little bio that came with that Porter. So I wanted you to proof it before we went public with the Instagram account, just because making sure it's transparent, that it's not a city official account. It's more of an unofficial culture chat account. I am seeing your email for the first time. Now. <laughs> it did, it did get buried in all the other emails, but now thank you for letting me know. And I will look at this and get back to you as quickly as I can. Awesome. Sweet. So that was that was a big thing that we talked about. The other thing that we talked about was to um, embrace some new language um, inside the cultural plan. So uh, there was, some, you know, I think language needs to be updated every so often. And this thing's been out for what, five years. So there was definitely some language that just felt needed some updating to us. So we made some very specific suggestions about some phrases. We're thinking of maybe taking that cultural plan one section at a time. So we focused primarily in one section and found some phrasings that seemed more inclusive and uh, more modern and embracing what we're trying to achieve with the cultural plan. So I didn't know what the best way to, um, to do that. Like if we have those in that committee report, but is that something we could distribute to the group at large and to get their consensus on it? And it's something that could be changed. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. To do it as a, as a group effort. I guess the question I would have is at what point, um, you know, that was provided by paid consultant. And I don't know, I have to check on you know how proprietary that would be considered um so let me do a little digging before you all start investing time in that just to determine i i think it's a great idea don't misunderstand me but it's also you know let's make sure we do it right and respectfully in that sense so let me check in on that definitely yes at the very least though um it could it could be the start for uh recommendations for a new what to include in a new plan or whatever you know things if we were to look at the at the old one uh if if we were to do a new one and look at the old one as a you know sort of do a gap analysis or uh whatever those those uh, items that you guys have have identified would certainly be things that we would want to uh, ask for you know inclusion in the in the next one so that's great we did talk about too, if there was a way, because that matrix, it has some interesting things in there that we weren't sure that had transpired. And thinking of an example where there was uh, creating like a platform for when there's a beginning of a school year for new professors from Haskell and new professors from KU to have some kind of networking um, introduction to the community. You know, that was just one example that was listed on that matrix. And there were several like that, I'm like, oh, I don't think that exists. So we weren't sure, is there a way to measure like what parts of that plan had been put into place and perhaps what gaps there might be? Um, and is that a place where the LCAC can step in to help motivate some of those ideas come to fruition or how to, how to move forward with the matrix and identify this box has been checked, this one still needs some love and how do we, how do we evaluate the progress of the plan? That's great. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know. I know that things have happened somewhat organically in some areas. 
Um, but I don't know that anybody, you know, really proactively said, we're going to take this and do it. And I think that's still, forgive me for the um, overused phrase, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that, you know, and, and I think in that sense, if somebody w wants to do that and be proactive in that effort, then tracking their progress is all that really would need to happen. This is Joshua. I, I, I believe in my 25th year serving on the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission, um, I, I, I resisted as I continue to do this, um, this, this or, organic coming to be, um, because strategic plan is, is really a, a determinative sort of thing that here's what we're going to do, here's the outcomes we're going to meet, and here's how we're going to do it. Um, so I, I'm really interested in, in what Marlo is talking about with regard to gathering data um, and information. Um, I think the, the, the LCAC is representative of, uh, of a select group of, <clears throat> of artists and people involved and passionate about the arts. But it, obviously, as you mentioned, Porter, it doesn't encompass all. Of, of those who have not perhaps officially done some things. So I wonder if there's a way to publicly poll or, or gather input um, via some social media uh, or, or other components to see who is doing what, where we don't have maybe the knowledge um, in the moment, at the moment of what's been happening. For instance, with faculty from high school or KU, um, I have a pretty good understanding of, of, of that area, but there's a lot of arts organizations and programs across the city who we might not hear from unless we say, hey, we asked some very pointy questions, I guess, about do you know of anything that is is participating in this initiative? You know, something in, in plain speak, not strategic planning speak, I would, I would argue, but... Um, <coughs> excuse me, but just to gather information and, and follow up on it as we need to, maybe visiting some of uh, other areas, um, local meetings uh, and local conversations that they have. Um, I'd, I'd certainly volunteer to go, go visit with anybody. I would certainly volunteer Marlo as well and Jordan by that, by that measure. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I think just being able to gather you you don't have to volunteer, Marlo. She's she's in charge. She's she's nominated for everything. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. No, I I do think that there's just like information that we can gather that does happen, quote unquote, organically, because that's what people want to do, and they recognize the value of doing it. And if we can, you know, identify um, those efforts, appreciate those efforts, um, honor those efforts, and and document them as well then we can see how in, and in what way our Lawrence cultural arts or our cultural plan is coming into fruition, either by some determination or, or as you say, or organically um, and, and measure those things. Uh, I think that's critical. And I think Marlo brings up some great points on that. Um, I'm, I'm more, you know, compelled by the information and, and what we can glean from those that, aren't necessarily here in our meetings every every month. Well, I've got something to add to that, if that's all right. Um, I'm wondering, Porter, if there's a way that we could make um, the different sections of the cultural plan matrix 
um, more accessible to the public. I'm thinking maybe um, infographics or, um, you know, friendly marketing style um, updates, uh, maybe calling, like Joshua said, um, for community members to contact us and tell us what they're doing uh, regarding specific items on that matrix. Uh, and maybe we focus on one section of the matrix in the month of June. And then in July, we focus on section B and we update on all the groups that told us what they were doing for section A in, in July, you know, kind of stagger it that way. Uh, and I'm wondering if we could do something like um, a bit like a multimedia campaign um, on social media and whether or not it'd be appropriate for us to use our newly created Instagram account um, to kind of give updates on that. Um, I have a few thoughts, all good ideas. Um, I think one thing, this is Porter Arneal, I think as you point out, the matrix has got a lot of parts um, and so you can't kind of throw the entire thing out there because um, that's overwhelming. So I like your thought about, you know, maybe one, one month is dedicated to figure out how to break it out into pieces that are more palatable. Um, that makes sense. Um, could be a social media campaign. Um, you guys could do it through Instagram. I'm not sure how that would work. So I just would want to, you know, think that through as to is that going to get the result that you're looking for. Um, as far as a campaign goes, you know, it depends on how in depth that gets just limited staff time on our side. Um, and, you know, again, unfortunately, with the funding the way it is, we don't have funds to, you know, this would be something we'd want to probably think about budgeting for in the future, potentially. Um, so and that gets tricky because the budget cycle is already happening. And, with the, you know, we're just thinking of this now. The other thing would be is possibly, um, and I have to talk this through with my um, brand manager in my office, Maureen Brady. Um, we do have Lawrence Listens, um, which is a survey tool and could potentially be applied in this way if it was, you know, crafted to work that way, if that makes sense. Because this isn't a few questions. This is, you know, I agree, getting data, but to get data, you have to ask the right questions. So those are all possible thoughts. I think maybe, um, do you all have another meeting scheduled? Not yet, no. When you schedule your next meeting, um, perhaps we could join you and kind of think through some of the mechanical things around this and try to help that way Does that work I think that, again I really think it's all good thinking I just think you know what I'm hearing too is a fairly significant investment in time and time and energy and so to make sure that we're heading in the right direction and not um, jumping into something without thinking it through all the way I think that's a great idea I think our you know we felt sort of compelled to look at this strategic plan as a living document and then to see like what areas have we accomplished in this five years and what still needs to come and how as a body organizational body how can we help 
to bring those other things to fruition. And it is an overwhelming task, you know, even to think about plugging in that data and just, yeah, should it be a survey? Should it be social media? Should it be a combination of both of those more like physically going to meetings? I think that's an excellent idea. Um, but yeah, how do we how do we move this forward in a way that's accomplishable within a span of time that can be evaluated? Yeah. And with that, too, I'm also thinking as we're looking at this economic development strategic plan and the city strategic plan, maybe there's wisdom in digging through those matrices and figuring out which ones seem to apply most relevantly to what's happening now, if that makes sense. Because I know I went through it recently and I was really pleased that a lot of those things are really forward thinking and still very much applicable. So that might be another way is to go through it and sort of edit it down to what's most relevant at this stage um, based on the goals and things that are laid out in the plan. So I can see, you know, there's numerous ways of approaching this, and that'll be part of the challenge is, is how, how to make this work. And to Jerry's point, is it time just to say, okay, we need a new cultural plan or we need to build off of this cultural plan? Those are all good questions. Uh, I, I, I have just uh, uh, two quick points. <clears throat> the language uh, for for any and all surveys is is not that challenging. Uh, rule number one is not to use the word matrices um, in the <laughs> questions. Um, I, I I I in in talking with uh, the Douglas County Food Policy Commission when I served with them, a lot of it was. Uh, uh, let me tell you for five minutes what a, a local food um, local food system means. And now let me ask you a question after all of that, which there's a much simpler, cleaner way of, of getting at the, at the answers that, that could provide some helpful input. And so I, I, I'm willing to commit some time and energy around that. <clears throat> and I think there's a lot of strategic initiatives um, uh, within that plan, that can be encompassed by, uh, you know, one larger question, and let people propose, let people respond as they see fit, um, as 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 is appropriate. Um, and I think building upon a former strategic plan is uh, is perhaps uh, misled if we don't know what that previous strategic plan has produced or can produce or what has it done well and what hasn't it done well so that we can build upon it. Um, and in education, we talk about building upon prior learning. And if I don't know what your prior learning has been, then I, I don't know on what I'm to build. Um, and so I think, I think an evaluation, an assessment of some kind, it's not gonna be perfect of, of what we have done before, um, what the previous cultural plan has been, um, is helpful, is good, and I think the uh, the Lawrence listens is as good an opportunity as as any to just get some feedback, and and I don't think that feedback is the end all be all. I think it gives us um, ideas to follow up with, so that we understand more and understand better um, what people might communicate in the sentence. Um, so I'm I'm committed to it. I'm I'm on board. I don't have time for it, but I'm going to try. I'll, I'll do. I'll do my best because I, I I do think it's that important. I really do. I know. I appreciate all of that. This is Porter O'Neill again. Um, 
And now you're making me think too, as I mentioned last meeting, uh, Britt Cromcano, who is our economic development person here, is working on the economic development strategic plan. And one section of that plan, of course, is arts and culture. And I'm helping her out. And I believe that some folks here are more than willing to help her once she gets these meetings set up. So this may play into that and might actually dovetail, I could see potentially, you know, where this becomes an effort that's joint between the Cultural Arts Commission and, and related to the economic strategic plan. So timing is good in that sense, and I'll definitely bring that to the table. I think she just sent me a, a note about a meeting coming up about this stuff. So um, this is good. Yeah, this, this, is, this is Joshua. That's what I was mentioning before about the, the, the intertwining of those. And I'm meeting, I'm meeting with Britt tomorrow morning at oh. 10 a.m. Oh. So if anybody has anything I need to share, uh, particularly I've got, regarding I've got, a, I've got a matrix I'll send you, Joshua. Uh, no, I don't want a matrix. I want a matrices. Okay. I, I need matrices, multiple matrix. I'm going to send you a three-dimensional set of matrices. And make it, make it a, a, a hologram. Well, I mean, as you can see, I am floating above the earth. Right <laughs> now. Uh, Porter, do I need to ask you about uh, the economic development strategic plan? Is there more to, to talk about with respect to that? I think we have covered that. Excellent. Anything on public art from a public art committee? I know we did a broad thing on committees and we didn't get any takers, but now look what's happened. I think Jordan is eager to say something. Jerry? Oh, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. No, um, just, just before we move on, um, I had a quick question uh, regarding, you know, uh, getting, getting local groups involved in the cultural plan matrix. Are we offering any, is the city offering any incentives to local groups to, um, to work towards the matrix? Or um, is that something we can ethically do? Or, you know, is, is that information I can find on my own and if so where you know but like are we are we um incentivizing in involvement in this in any way or is it just here's here's what it is and if your work applies then please tell us that would be the answer option b okay um there's there's never been any kind of incentive built into this in any way or budgeted okay other than you know the goodness of uh, people's hearts towards a better community, that's that's a good incentive. Well, I I, I would I would vouch for this that 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 cultural plan, uh, at least in the sense that it does benefit other organizations to collaborate with one another, in in the sharing of resources and ultimate goals um, and outcomes that they do. So it's. No, it's not necessarily incentivized at the outset to accomplish those goals, I don't think. But but I think the idea behind it was that it would incentivize itself um, in, in, in a few ways. So, okay. My two cents. We can, we can definitely see if that's, if it is incentivizing itself um, after we like survey the community and see what, um, how everybody's acting. But um, I just thought if we're having trouble filling that out after we do survey, um, we might look into non-monetary encouragement that we could put the community, um, even if it's something as simple as we feature them on the Instagram 
and say, here's what you're doing. It's cool. We'll celebrate it. Um, little things like that can go a, a pretty long way. Um, so I just want to keep that in the back of everyone's brains that sometimes uh, we do need to offer a little bit um, back to the community as if, if we want them involved in our projects, right? Great. All right. Uh, well, that brings us to the point uh, in our meeting where we open it up for any miscellaneous or new or anything <clears throat> that might be on somebody's somebody's mind. This is Marlo. I know we talked about the ODSC, but did we talk about community art grants? Like, are those coming back or are those in the same situation as the ODSC where we're waiting on the TGT funding? Yeah, that's what I, um, both of those are on the agenda, um, different programs with same, same situation and so not rushing to that. But um, a lot, you know, the other thing I'm aware of is, is how much time would we need? So if we, we suddenly know, okay, $25,000 for arts grants is available through the transient guest tax grant uh, program, you know, you all need, it needs time for people to respond, and then it needs time for the Arts Commission to review and, and award those things. So about a two-month turnaround process approximately. Um, so worst case scenario is, well, worst case scenario is we can't do it, but second worst case scenario is we just do it later in the year. And as long as we can get those things, you know, funded, I don't think it's, you know, I have to look at it. I'm not sure it has to happen in the calendar year necessarily. Um, we can probably construct a calendar that would allow, you know, allow people to receive their grant in this calendar year, but then do their projects later. So I'll have to look at that. Yeah. And just before we, um, just to, to circle back on what, what we've covered with respect to that in the past, that did, uh, my recollection is, is that we, we thought that we would allow people to, submissions from last year to stand, ones that, that oh, right. were, um, you know, that we weren't able to fund or whatever, but then not to just limit it to that, but to go ahead and let other ones come in, knowing that there's going to be a risk that we'll get, you know, requests way above the, our quote unquote budgeted amount. And also knowing <laughs> that we may not actually get that much funding, but just as a, uh, uh, altered methodology because of the la you know, because of last year that we would, that we would do that. That's how I remembered it as well. And I just feel like just for transparency that I know some organizations depend on that in their calendar cycle. So if we are delaying or if we are doing something different this year, could we put it on our website or do a news release? Cause you know, just working at the art center, that's something where we apply annually and it's kind of part of our expected budget. So, you know, I know everyone's always asking me, Oh, one of the, one of the community grants coming up again and, I know other organizations are in that same position. So if we could be transparent about it and just say, we're looking at fall or we're looking at this timeline and here's the situation, I think that might do some good. Yeah, um, agreed. And as you understand, I've just been really careful not to promise things I can't deliver. 
So, but your point is well taken. And what I'm thinking is going to happen is after last night's report to the city commission, the finance office is going to work to um, reevaluate the the budget and determine what they can what can be funded through all these funds, not just TGT. So I also am waiting for that information too to get a sense of where where does the city stand, where, and ultimately what does the city commission want to do. This is Dina Amant. I um, I would uh, agree that we don't want to overpromise something or or um, give the impression that something is coming that might not be. But I do agree um, some level of transparency is important. Maybe just wording it in terms of. Um, you know, this is pen, you know, pending, um, you know, we're doing our, you know, I don't know how to do the wordsmithing of this, but just to say that it's pending um, because I do know that people are looking for some information and um, the information I think needs to be a little bit updated and at least to just say it's pending, um, you know, budget approvals or, or or something along those lines. Good advice. Yeah, let me look at that and and it, at the very least get something on the website. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I mean, we we do that. You know, with uh, uh, you know, in 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 my work situation, we we post things on the beta.sam, You know, the government site that says, "Hey, look for this." Um, and here's what's going on with that, you know, because otherwise, you know, folks wonder and they feel like they're not getting information or whatever. So that, I think that's a good, good suggestion. I mean, people will certainly understand the story, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the reality that we're in. So, but, but we should tell the story. All right. Anything else? All right. Well, as usual, I appreciate you all's uh, volunteering and your time and participation and passion for arts and culture in the, in the city. I would entertain a motion for us to adjourn. For the evening. Nobody wants to adjourn. All right. We'll stay. We'll stay. All motion to adjourn. Christina. All second. Jordan seconds. All right. Thanks, everybody. Everybody agrees to adjourn? Everyone agrees. All right. Thanks, everybody. See y'all later.